SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown, and it seems I am the bearer of fantastic news. The South African women's cricket team have booked their spot in the semi-final of the ICC Women's World Cup. That with a fantastic win over Sri Lanka today. And because New Zealand lost to India, it means South Africa are through to the final four with a round of group stages still to play. Uh, it was a fantastic bowling performance up front from Shabnam Ishmael picking up three wickets and then four for an ace. Uh, Fanikak, the skipper, uh, to see Sri Lanka dismissed for 101. In reply, the Proteas lost two early wickets, but 48 from Laura Volfart and 38 from Mignon Dupree guided South Africa home to an eight-wicket win with 26 overs to spare. The other results today, Australia, comprehensive winners uh, over India, chasing down 226 to win with just two wickets down and 29 balls remaining. England downing New Zealand by 75 runs. And because of that result, uh, South Africa through to the final four. On to football now. Cape Town City continue to make waves in the transfer market ahead of the 2017-18 season. They announced the signing of Teko Modise today. The 34-year-old uh, left Mamelodi Sundowns at the end of last month when his contract expired. And he joins Ayanda Potosi and Lyle Kay as the new signings at last season's uh, Telcom knockout winners. Modise says it's a great honour to join City and he's looking forward to joining up with his new teammates and with coach Benny McCarthy, a former national teammate of his. It's, it's an honour for me, you know, be given this opportunity to play such a talented players like um, like a level, like everybody else here, like Patosi and all that stuff. So for me to be here is exactly where I want to be, and um, and I'm happy to be here. I just hope that uh, the team will continue uh, achieving more. Modise, who won the title twice with Sundown, says that lifting the PSL trophy again, this time with City, is his ambition for the season. Modise, who is 65 caps for Bafana Bafana, says he hopes his experience can help the team achieve their goals. What I'm hoping to achieve is, 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 is to win the league. I mean, that's, that's, that's the most important. Of course, before winning the league, there's going to be a couple of cups uh, that we need to play uh, during the season. But uh, to win the league, I think, is an ultimate. And I think also... Uh, the chairman of the team wants that, and even the coach as well. So I'm here to, 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 to have my input and help the team uh, achieve greater heights. On to athletics news, Wade Fanikak and Kasta Semenya will lead South Africa's 22-member preliminary team for next month's IAAF World Championships in London. The squad also includes long jumper Luvo Manyonga, sprinter Akani Sambini and javelin thrower Sunette Falyun. The team also includes two women's marathon runners in Mapaseka Makanya and Jenna Chanelo. Chanelo says she's thrilled to be representing South Africa once again. Very, very excited. It was always a dream of my first country and the marathon. Um, for South Africa before I moved up to the ultras, so very happy. The team is uh, made up of 16 men and only 6 women, but may still grow as more athletes are able to qualify for selection. Channel Law says the low number of women in the team is not a cause for concern. Um, I don't think it's a concern as such. Um, obviously, you would like more athletes to go, and I know there's still um, Jenna Lostrand who's trying to qualify still for the 800, and so there are still a few athletes still trying to qualify, and they're still able to qualify. Um, so it may get a bit bigger by the time we go. Um, obviously, you want more athletes, and it's better, but we'll be there to support each other no matter what. So as many, as many or as few as they are, it'll be great. 
In Formula One news, Sauber have appointed Frenchman Frederick Vasseur as their new team principal with a f- uh, former Renault boss set to join after the British Grand Prix. In hockey news, South Africa's women's hockey team in action against Argentina as we speak. That match got underway at 6 o'clock. It is goalless, all part of the Women's Hockey World League taking place in Johannesburg. Earlier today, India beat Chile by one goal to nil. Ireland down Poland 2-0 and Japan defeated England by one goal to nil. And finally in the Tour de France, Marcel Kittel emerged victorious again today. He won the 11 stage, Chris Froome retaining yellow Kittle's fifth stage victory in the first 11 stages, the first time that someone's done that in 108 years, a fantastic result for Marcel Kittle, coming up next we'll chat some tennis SAFM Sports Wrap well, we head to southwest London now where it is uh, men's quarter final day at the All England Club, Chris Bowers is there, uh, Chris good evening to you obviously the big talking point is uh, defending champion Andy Murray who went down in a, a five setter but really struggling with that hip injury that he uh, sort of struggled with in the build up to the tournament Yes, I mean everyone was talking about it in a few days beforehand because he didn't play a, um, there's a couple of matches he was going to play in exhibition tournaments and he didn't play them and uh, there was a big, uh, an awful lot of worry in the British media about whether he'd actually play at all. Um, and he basically admitted after losing to Query, he's been sore all tournaments and he's been struggling. And um, his whole plans were very short term to try and get through Wimbledon. Now Wimbledon's over. He's got seven weeks before the next major tournament that he wishes to, you know, definitely be out, which is the U.S. Open. And so he's got to sit down with his uh, training staff and, his, and the medics and say, right, what? they need to do. He refused to go into too much detail, but it clearly has been affecting him uh, throughout this tournament and uh, it caught up with him. Although, to be honest, he could easily have won the first three sets because he um, he was uh, uh, he won the first and third and he was 4-3 up with a break in the second, but then Locke was broken twice uh, for Quay to take that 6-4. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, visibly limping as he as he left the court as well, so it obviously is a, a major concern. But that half of the draw, Chris, I mean, it was looking pretty tough, but right now it's wide open. Marin Cilic, who's, who's won his quarterfinal, he must be uh, licking his lips going into the semis. Well, absolutely, and, you know, he's the only Grand Slam champion in the top half of the draw. Uh, you know, he won the U.S. Open in 2014 and has been a little bit off the boil since then. But, you know, he, he played well to beat uh, Gilles Muller in five sets. Um, Muller, the guy who put out Rafael Nadal on Monday. And uh, he now plays Sam Querrey, who's coming off three five-setters. Uh, the last three matches of Querrey's played have all been five. So, you know, there must be a little uh, bit of fatigue in Sam Querrey. And, yes, you have to fancy Marion Church to get to the final. And, and he'll be no pushover, even though I suspect whoever comes through from the bottom half of the draw will be the favourite to win. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those, Roger Federer in action on court at the moment against Milos Raonic and firmly in control. Yes, two sets up. And, um, I mean, I thought Federer would win this, but I thought it'd be something like a 6-4, 7-6, 6-4. Well, it's 6-4, 6-2, and Federer looking very, very comfortable. He's... Uh, He's looking imperious, actually. He's looking like he's, he's wielding his racket like it's a magic wand and he can do whatever he wants with the ball. And, uh, you know, it's just wonderful to watch. And my one worry is that actually he, he's going to win the tournament and people will say, oh, yeah, but you didn't really beat anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's just been playing so well and everyone else has been falling by the wayside. So uh, I suspect Federer may well win the tournament. But, you know, he may have to beat Djokovic in the semifinals because uh, Djokovic and Burdish are in the other quarterfinal and uh, they're still in the first set there. Um, everything's going with serve at the moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's half of the draw still uh, quite tough, but it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, if we can, just uh, look ahead to Women's Semi-Final Day tomorrow. Uh, any, any surprises for you in, in that uh, semi-final lineup, Chris? Um, that's a good, good question, actually, because, I mean, in theory, Joanna Conta should be the, the surprise element there. But um, I, I think she's been playing sufficiently consistently. The big question was whether she could play on grass. And she's played these two epic matches, one against Donna Vekic uh, and one against um, Simona Halep. And uh, she's come through them both. And her attitude, I think, is so good. Um, she's got a, an approach to tennis that hardly anybody else has. And she says, look, I'm process-driven. I think of the work and what I have to do, and I just let the results come. And if they come, great. And if they don't come, that's also okay. Um, and it's a way of taking all the stress away from her. She could be taken apart by Venus Williams tomorrow. Who knows? Um, but I suppose the surprise element of the semis is Magdalena Ribarikova because uh, she's the unteased player. But, you know, she was... Uh, uh, had two really bad injuries last year. She's bounced back. And I suppose, Brad, it's a bit like, you know, you look at Federer having had his six months off last year. The players that are doing well at the moment are those who have had some serious setbacks, some serious injuries, and they've got to the point where they um, that they face the prospect of not having it anymore and decide, do I really want this? They decide they do. They put the work in, and lo and behold, there come the results. Drew Muller is another one. Yep, Venus Williams would probably be one of those as well. I mean, she's a, a very much a veteran, yeah, and uh, loves playing at Wimbledon. So, uh, I mean, she's two matches away essentially from uh, from a title in in London. And yeah, I think it's, it's probably one of the tournaments that she she loves uh, and and probably more than most. Yes, and you know, you've had me over enough years to know that I always look for the human element in all this and. But the part of tennis that I find most satisfying is when it becomes a microcosm of life. And we all face whatever we go through, various obstacles, some more than others, but we all have obstacles and it's how we deal with those that's important. And that's why it's actually quite nice to look at a, a group of semi-finalists at Wimbledon and to actually pick out some really good human interest there about how they face their demons and uh, decided they really did want to carry on. And they're the uh, the proof for the rest of us that um, if you have the right attitude when things are bad, the good things can happen. Absolutely. Chris Bowers uh, coming to us live from Wimbledon. Thank you for your time, Chris. We'll have uh, updates tomorrow morning on AM Live, the results of those uh, final two men's quarterfinals. Roger Federer currently 2-1 uh, down, but it is going to serve against Milan Raonic in the third. Thomas Burdish and Novak Djokovic deadlocked at 5 all in the opening set. Coming up next here on SAFM, a short while ago, uh, and it was just after the uh, Proteas had won their uh, penultimate group game against Sri Lanka, I caught up with uh, the Proteas skipper Renee van Nikark, uh, and you'll hear during the interview that uh, they figured out that they'd uh, just booked their spot in the semi-finals. That's coming up next. This Saturday on the Extreme Fighting Championship, we take a look at the rise of Zimbabwe's undefeated number one flyweight title contender, Sylvester Chipfumbu, from his exciting EFC 48 debut win, right through to his incredible victory over MMA veteran Abdul Hassan. EFC Fight Nights, this Saturday at 9 p.m. on SABC3, brought to you by SABC Sports. SAFM has had an overwhelming response to the 2017 radio drama playwriting competition. Consequently, the names of the prize winners will now be announced on Friday, the 29th of September, on the SAFM website and during the day on all SAFM programs.
This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Brad Brown. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. And earlier on this afternoon, you would have heard me report on PM Live that the South African women's cricket team uh, put in another clinical performance today against Sri Lanka, winning by eight wickets with more than 26 overs to spare. Uh, the match took place in Taunton. We join now by the victorious skipper, Danae Fanikak. Danae, welcome on to SAFM once again. I hope Cricket South Africa are paying you full pay for working these half-day jobs, eh? <laughs> First of all, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know, you don't go to the game, you know, wanting to play half a day, but we'll take it. I'm sure another great performance and uh, led by the bowlers up front once again. Yeah, no, that's been brilliant for us. Um, it, it was a very good team of team performance and very clinical. But again, our our players bowlers set it up for us to, you know, obviously take full advantage in the middle uh, overs. Today, you, you talk about the, 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 the openers really just setting the, the foundation and the tone for the innings. Uh, it, it makes your life easier as a leg spinner coming on and uh, having, having the freedom knowing that, they're, they're, first of all, there's wickets down, but uh, the, 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 the opposition are under pressure. I mean, you had another performance today, another forfeit. You must be pretty chuffed with the way, the way you're bowling. Yes, first of all, I think they are laying a very good platform, even our opening batters. I mean, the Zal didn't come off today, but, um, you know, she's been brilliant throughout the, the tournament. And, um, yeah, look, I'm very lucky with the, the bowlers I have. If, um, Marizana Shibi does not strike, we, we have, you know, the likes of Masabata Class, Mazeline Daniels and Ayabonga Clark are coming in to do the job just as well. All of them are new, new ball bowlers, and I'm very lucky with that. And then I've got, obviously, myself and Tanaki, um, you know, a spinner, so I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm sports for choice. Um, yeah, personally, it's been going good. Um, again, like I said, it's easy to do that when, you know, the pressure's on and, and they have to kind of take us on as spinners. Looking at the pitch today, slightly different to what you have been used to, uh, it looked to me like that, that pitch in Taunton did take a bit more spin and uh, was a bit slower. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Um, I think it was a good toss to, to lose and they chose to bat uh, first. Um, Look, it, it's still a, in a way a road. It's still a, a, apparently a batting, batting track. Um, but you obviously have to fly yourself a bit more. It's not like Leicester where you can let your hands stop. You like, um, let go and then trust your hands. Um, but yeah, no, all credit to the bowlers once again for adapting and, and you know, changing their lines and lengths to, to what the, you know, the pitch needs. Let's talk about the, the, the batters and the way they approach this as well. You mentioned uh, Zali, who's been in sublime form this tournament. I mean, her innings in, in the last match was uh, was phenomenal. Uh, obviously not coming off today, but uh, her opening partner, Laura Wolfart, uh, put in a fantastic performance. I mean, she showed composure beyond her years. She's still a youngster and, uh, and is playing really good cricket. Yeah, no, she's, she's been brilliant. Both of them have, and um, Mignon as well. And um, like I said, you know, she's been doing so well that... Um, you can't forgive her for, for one of these days, and um, I know she'll come back firing the next game. Looking at just those two early wickets, was there a bit of a flutter in the change room? Was was were you a bit nervous, thinking, "Hang on a sec, maybe maybe the, the pitch is a 101." I mean, fairly easy target to 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 chase down. You would think at the at the at the sort of break, but when you lose two quick wickets, it does put uh, the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, look, there's a bit of nerves, but we know we're back down until 8, 9, even 10. So, look, if our batting line can't get that, then it's probably not our day. Um, so we, we weren't too fussed. We just knew we had to get a partnership going. And, I mean, the experience of Mignon and then the class of um, Wolfhard got us, you know, uh, through. 
Looking at today's match and and the way you approach it, Sri Lanka haven't won a game in the tournament. You're coming into this game the way the Proteas have been playing. You you are favourites to to win the game. Does that put a bit more pressure on you as a team, other than going into a, a match against the likes of Australia, who you face next? Uh, I mean, knowing that you have to win, you have to walk away with two points today if if you have any chance of making the semis. Yeah. Um, look at. This. We, we just said we're going to play our best cricket and, and, and try and, you know, not be fussed about what's going on about the other teams. I mean, I was a bit nervous. I was like, well, somebody there has to win a game type of thing. Um, but I knew that if we stick to our plans and, and you know, play the, the type of cricket we've been playing throughout the tournament, we'll, we'll definitely get those two points. And, again, credit to the girls have been doing brilliantly well and, um, you know, long and hopefully for a while this form may continue. Looking ahead to this weekend, Saturday, Australia, they are a formidable outfit, uh, and a, a comprehensive win over India today, chasing down 226 with ease, four and a bit overs to spare, eight wickets in hand, uh, a very good win. What, what's, what, what's, what do you think is, is their weakness and, and where are you going to be really putting pressure on? Yeah, look, we, we know that um, they're brilliant. They're obviously the best in the world. They're not there for, for no reason, so... Uh We'll obviously try and take the bowling attack a bit on, you know, take the bowling attack on a bit more. Um, you know, we usually get a few, uh, few early wickets, but our middle uh, period when we bowl, we, we lay a bit flat, and that's where they capitalise. And, you know, we really want to get our plans going for those middle overs and make sure that we can still strike in, in those overs. Well, sitting sitting as it stands right now, New Zealand have uh, have lost to England. Australia won their game today. South Africa sitting at third uh, on that log at the moment. Very healthy net run rate. Uh, you're obviously targeting two points on on Saturday. You you don't want to leave this in anyone else's hands. Uh, the spot in the semis. Um, I, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but I think that with the two losses of India and New Zealand, I think we're also to the semis. Um, then if you're at the team chair, but. But um, we're not 100% sure. So hopefully I can get into the team with, with some good news. Um, but again, we, we still want to, it depends on where we end at the log, if we get those two points or not. So it's still a lot to play for. Well, Danae, congratulations once again. Uh, fantastic performance. I'm looking forward to that Aussie clash. It's always a, a tight battle when South Africa takes on Australia, and it should be another fantastic one. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, I can see the positivity in the, in the squad, and, and uh, let's hope it goes from strength to strength. Not long now till the conclusion of the tournament. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the support and, and obviously having me. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Today was day one of the 2017 Berg River Canoe Marathon. Hungarian racer Adrian Boros raced to the overnight lead on that uh, first day of the drought-stricken Berg uh, River Canoe Marathon. Dave McLeod reports that he paced his day perfectly to edge out local hero Graham Solomon. Running at a paltry 1,8 cumics at the start, the river was officially the joint lowest ever for the 56-year-old race, matching the flow of the fabled 1973 race. The bitterly low water didn't dampen the racing spirit, however, as local star Graham Solomon and Hungarian racer Adrian Boros led the front group that was whittled down from 6 to 5 and then 4, with under-23 Tom Lovemore and Alan Houston barking with the big dogs. The youngsters were later rubbed off the front bunch when Solomon turned up the heat, but he couldn't get rid of Boros, who won the end sprint at Hermon Bridge, with British veteran racer Keith Moole surging back to claim third from the youngsters.
In the women's race, Bianca Bevitt started badly with a silly swim right in Paul, but she got her act together to set up a cavernous 15-minute lead. Dave McLeod at the Burger of the Canoe Marathon. The Hungarian ace Boros said he felt strong at uh, the first stage and was able to reel in Graham Solomon when he made a solo charge for the overall lead. My feeling was really strong all the way, but it, it wasn't so easy. Lots of tricky way. We couldn't practice in the first stage and, and I didn't know where I am exactly. So I just tried to follow the guys, especially uh, Graham, because he, he knows the river much better than everyone. When, when our third and the fourth day is coming, the water is, it will be like uh, flat water, not like this section. And uh, all the international guys will be much stronger. 2001 champion Graham Solomon said that despite the misgiving about racing the lowest berg ever, he felt strong on the first stage. Yeah, I'm actually feeling good, uh, surprisingly good. Um, it was very low. Uh, so I was always going to struggle a little bit more, um, but I managed to, to stay with, uh, with Adrian. Um, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the beginning, you know, there were five of us, and I was by far the heaviest, so every time we went through a rocky patch, I was always on the back foot, so um, I was quite relieved when we got past Tay uh, Rapid, and it got a little bit deeper, then I could make a few moves, and then me and Adrian broke away one by one, the guys dropped off, and then it was us at the end, you know? I mean, it's one and two on the berg, you know, so there's always going to be sparring. And, um, but you know, he's a, he's a great athlete, a nice guy, um, so you don't mind sparring against guys like that. The, the, the berg is a, is, it's a long way, anything can happen, and uh, it's going to be an interesting race for sure, you know. It's, uh, there's a lot of unknowns. The third day is going to be very, very low, um, and I think that's going, to make a, that's going to be a make or break stage. I think tomorrow is going to be consolidation, um, and then I think the third day is going to be the, the, the big one. Defending Berg River Canoe Marathon women's champion Bianca Bevitt set up a 15-minute lead on the first stage but said that the day had not been without incident. Ricky error. I don't actually know what to call that. But um, I swam like in the first two kilometers in the middle of nowhere. We caught up to bunches. I was like, okay, getting going, and I was happy. And next thing, whoop, I was over. And I managed to get in with a deep water entry and get going again. Unfortunately, with so much water in the boat, you just kept getting stuck everywhere. And I said, calm down, it's okay, got a group, and then after Dal Yusufat, I went on my own. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some football news now. The United Schools body that was introduced by the South African Football Association, SAFA, last week is already under threat. The South African Schools Foundation, SASFA, President Mandla Shuzmazibuko, says they don't recognize it and two, his two deputies who are part of the body don't have the mandate from his organization to be part of that structure. Speaking after the SASFA National Executive Committee meeting today, Mazibuko is accusing SAFA of forming a parallel structure to run schools football. The NEC notes that forming of the so-called United Schools football under the banner of SAFA by three members of our NEC. The NEC would like to state categorically that this is a parallel structure that has been formed without any consultation with the leadership of SAFA. Our members who are part of the parallel structures have acted without any mandate from our association or any of the constituent bodies. It is our expectation as the NEC that SAFA will seek to reconcile with us as directed by the Sports Minister Mr. Tulas Messi, rather than cause further harm to an already fragile relationship between the two football bodies. 
two SASFA vice presidents, Dixon Morlepo and Innocent Sirova, together with suspended general secretary Steve Pilar, were part of the United Schools body that was introduced at SAFA House last week. There's also a court case between SAFA and SASFA, where the school's body had challenged the mother body's decision to remove them from their constitution as an associate member. Mazibuko says he's surprised that SAFA have jumped to this process. Following a high court judgment, Setting aside a SAFA resolution of March 2015, Resolution 29, that sought to de-recognize SAFA in August uh, 2016, SAFA has appealed this court decision, and the matter will be heard on 7 August 2017. To this end, the, outca- the actions of SAFA over the past few weeks that including that include setting up of parallel structures, making pronouncement on settling the matter out of court without consulting us and many other unethical activities behind our backs are tantamount to contempt of court. And this is not assisting the reconciliation efforts between the two parties. The United Schools body is not only talking about uniting with SASFA, but all the other splinter groups around the country to have one school's football body. And Mazibuka says they're not opposed to that. We are on record and we unequivocally repeat. We are willing to engage with anybody and everybody. Stakeholders, that's why we're having fraternal stakeholders that govern schools in the country. The SGBs and the teacher unions and the learners in this regard. If Anybody wants to talk. Everybody knows in this country the offices of SASFA. They know the procedure. And uh, people must be mandated. We can't negotiate unity or any other thing over the media. We must sit down, engage, agree on the terms of reference. What is it that we're talking about? And if SAFA wants to talk, we're still open for that. But if SAFA wants to go to court, SAFA cannot... Uh, go to court on one side and hoping that if they lose, they talk. It doesn't work like that. You either withdraw that appeal, let's sit down and talk. And we've been honest and open about that. So from our side, we are open to negotiations. We are not law unto ourselves. Mazibuka says they remain an authentic body to run schools football in the country because the decision to remove them from SAFA as an associate member was set aside by the High Court last year. He's also calling for the intervention of the Ministry of Sport to resolve this issue. Up until that case, we SAFA has, up until the appeal, we are the associate members of SAFA. For the past 20 years, everybody knows that you might have other little bodies organizing private court tournaments. The only associate member of SAFA in the constitution is SASFA. And uh, uh, that, that is the dispute to say SAFA want to de-recognize that. And uh, we say, but what is the basis? Sit down, talk to us, tell us what are the issues. If we deadlock, we are happy that in the EPG report, Earlier this year, the Minister of Sports, Mr. Tulas Nasi, in that report, he says, should there be a deadlock, his, his office stands ready to mediate. We welcome that with open, with open arms. And we don't even have to involve the ministers because we are football people. We can sit, we can talk tomorrow. And if any uh, stumbling blocks occur, when there's a deadlock, 
Then you have the minister and the department to say, but guys, what is the issue? So, we are ready, but up until the court pronounce otherwise, that's why the court judgment set aside the resolution that SASFA has been your associate members for all these years. You have no grounds to just throw them out of the window. Up until the court rules differently, SASFA is the authentic uh, body. SASFA has appointed Matsapelo Matibela and Patrick Mabasa to act in the vacant positions of the two vice presidents who were unveiled as part of the interim structure last week. I'm a former vice president of SAFA. I'm still using the SAFA number. I have the president of SAFA's number. Here's my number. We all know who's the president of SASFA. The country knows who's the president of SAFA. What's stopping from calling president to president? Talk to the president. Dennis Mambo will send as a CEO, general secretary to the association. Here are members of the executive. They don't even have to ask us. They can instruct us. We are their associate member. We want you to talk. This is an agenda. Talk. Now why do you do it behind the scenes? They know Steve Pillar is suspended. Why do you talk to a suspended member? What cause are you helping? We're not saying we're banning people. In as far as members who want to live as voluntary members, we're doing this voluntarily. Our families complain that we spend a lot of time, but we're doing it for the child. And this is not good for football, it's not good for development, it's not good for the sponsors, it's not good for our country. This mudslinging, we don't want it. And if we have the powers, and we're challenging you, tomorrow, let's suffer, withdraw their court case. We will be with them in the table. And if we don't do that, force us to go, we will step down. So we're willing to talk, and we've been saying that. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for the show for this evening. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to our guest too, and a massive congratulations to the South African women's cricket team through to the semi-finals. Uh, lucky to get them straight after that win today, but uh, fantastic performance once again. We're back again tomorrow with the PSL radio show Second Jalo. Uh, coming up tomorrow morning, AM Live. Janet Whitten will have more sport for you. You can get all your Wimbledon results then. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow evening. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Thank you. Uh, enjoy the show tonight. And thank you to my producer, Siobhan Chetty. If you have any comments or questions, suggestions, you can email sport at safm.co.za or you can just reach out via social media. Search for SAFM Radio across the various platforms or to me personally at Big Brad Brown. Until tomorrow, right now it is 7 o'clock. Have yourself a great evening. It's time for your news. SAFM.